We're back reading. Do you... <laughs> We're not back yet. <laughs> We're not back. We're not back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You'd think I'd shut their children from the Episode 3 of the Green Light Pod. The Green Light. <laughs> I am Lauren Hunkley. I am Jackson Campbell. And this show is about uh, producing, well, not producing, but reading unproduced new works, uh, whether they're screenplays or regular plays, uh, whatever. So we've kind of started with taking submissions from our friends, but we would love to open up submissions to everyone else in the universe mm -hmm. um, if you would like your play to be featured on the green light. So you can look in the description for that email address or wait till the end of the episode, whichever you prefer. We'll put it there, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, this is actually our second time recording this intro because... Because it is, Lauren. Do yeah. Do you want to explain why? Well, I'd say it's a little bit of my fault. <laughs> because So, backstory. Um, we obviously <laughs> talked about Onward in our last episode. Yes. But... It's so good that I forgot I hadn't talked about it yeah. and talked about it again to, as my detour. To be fair, though, she did ask me. She was like, did I talk about this? Did we talk about this? I feel like we did. <laughs> yes, no, and I no. said, no, no, we definitely didn't. Like, that wasn't your detour. And to be fair, it wasn't your specific detour. It was just something that we tacked on because we all had seen it. That's but, true. So this is our second time doing it. And, yeah. But we're, we're trying again. Round two... Round two. Second time's the charm. Better than third, I guess. Uh, I guess. I don't know. Sure. Whatever. Um, so, how are you, Lauren? How are you doing? You know, I am doing fine. Uh, it has been another week in quarantine. Yes, it has. Uh, I've gotten a little more sun, a little tanner than I was last time we recorded this. Yes. So that's neat. Mm -hmm. I'm rereading Harry Potter, which is fun. Mm. Um, the, the books are so good. Yeah. As are the movies. So, uh, for everyone who doesn't know out there in the world, I have this, uh, last year they came out with a 25th anniversary special, uh, edition of Harry Potter, where I'm such a nerd. They, uh, they have like paperbacks. <laughs> I'm laughing for a different reason, but I'll get to that Okay. <laughs> but they're, uh, they're all paperbacks decorated, or not decorated, uh, the covers were designed by Brian Selznick, who is like a fantastic illustrator. He did The Invention of Hugo Cabret, like stuff like that. Um... So he made, it's basically just like a mural that all the books, if you lie them side by side, all connect and make one big kind of charcoal uh, drawing. So they're very cool. And since I didn't own the books prior to that, I uh, got them. But I haven't actually reread all of them since I got them. So I'm doing that now. So why I was laughing. Oh, you, no. you start this off with, for those of you who don't know, this very personal thing that I have. <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> who would know? Who would know? I would know. I don't know. I mean, that's I feel like I've, I've mentioned this to a lot of my friends. I was pretty excited about I guess, it. That's, that's probably everyone who's listening right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> If you don't personally know us that are listening to this, thank you for your service. Yes, thank you um, so much. <laughs> okay. Um, who wants to start, Detour? Do you want to start? Sure. Mm, actually, no, actually, you should start. Yeah, I kind of want to end <laughs> with your... stupid, so. I want to end with your Detour, because it'll, it'll have some rousing discussion. Yeah. So... This, I guess it wasn't this week. It's been a little while since I finished it, but I do want to bring it up because he it's talked so about his good. detour when we recorded this before. That is true. So he is the same one. <laughs> so <laughs> mine, mine is fresh and new for all of your ears, at least. So let's talk about Barry. Yeah. The television show on HBO. What does HBO stand for? 
Home box office? Is that what it stands for? Broadcasting? So I don't know. Maybe broadcasting. I don't know why I thought home box office. Anyways, if you know what HBO is and you're screaming it at your phone or whatever you're listening to on right now, that's fine. You can tweet us when we give you our Twitter yeah. later in this episode. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so anyways, Barry on HBO, starring Bill Hader, it is about a, a former... Is he a Marine? Yeah, he's a former Marine. A former Marine who turns into a contract killer. I guess is what you would call him. Yeah. And so it details sort of his journey with that, but also his journey into becoming an actor living in sunny Los Angeles. He goes to Los Angeles to do a job. Yes. And then he sort of falls into this acting community yeah. while... Um, he's, he's like tailing the guy and then the guy goes into an acting class and he gets pulled up on stage and just falls in love. Yes. Yes. So... It, it deals with that. Bill Hader is the star. I don't know if I mentioned that. Did I mention Bill Hader? I don't Hader? think you have mentioned that. He's fantastic. I, I should have mentioned Bill Hader to start, to end, in the middle, everywhere. Yes. This is going to become a Bill Hader podcast, just because <laughs> I want to talk about him so much, of how good he is on this show. Um, there's two seasons out on HBO right now. I got through both. They're both outstanding. It just, I feel like it gets better as it goes along. For me, Definitely. it got better as it goes along. But it starts out great. The yeah. characters are so rich. Bill Hader is so good. Noho Hank is great. Noho Hank. Noho Hank. Uh, <laughs> if you're fans of The Good Place, I know we mentioned The Good Place on this episode. The actress who plays Janet on The Good Place is also in Barry. Yeah. And she's very good. Henry Winkler as the acting coach is outstanding. Steven Root as Barry's manager. Fuchs. 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 What did I say? You just said Barry's manager. Oh, yes, yes. Fuchs. <laughs> And not an acting great. manager, his uh, assassin manager. His assassin manager, <laughs> yes, the two two very different things, yeah. I would say. And it's great. I I love Laura and I are both actors, right? Yeah. And so we sort of understand that world and what it's like. And I'm sure a lot of people have a general idea of it. If you don't watch Barry, because you will. That is exactly what an acting class is like. Yeah, the <laughs> acting class, it's so perfect. It's a little oh bit gosh. exaggerated, of A little course, bit, but, but only a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> only the slightest amount. It really is a great look into the ridiculous world that is acting. Yes. <laughs> and it does that so well. Um, what else to say about it? There's so much to say about it, but oh, I don't want to give anything away. Yeah, without spoiling anything, there's a really great episode in season two that Bill mm. Hader directs because it is mostly his stunt double who what is... What can't this man do? Yeah, that's true. That's true. What can't this man do? It's my favorite episode in the series. I think mm -hmm. probably yours too. Yeah, it's it's definitely... Yeah. If you see an episode, like you get there, it's a dad and a little girl. If you have watched Barry, you know what we're talking about. Yeah. It's amazing. It's <laughs> mid-season two, I think, like maybe episode yeah. four or five or something like that. But that one's outstanding. The direction is great. Does he direct anymore? Or is it just that I one? I don't think so. I think it's just that one. Well, because that's the only one when, again, like, he wasn't really in it that much. That's true. That's you know? true. I feel like he might have co-directed some of the other ones. Doesn't matter. Maybe, yeah. Doesn't matter. But, yeah, outstanding show. Barry, watch it. So good. All right. Now for the uh, real discussion. Yeah. For Let's get a, to the real discussion. A less fantastic show. Uh, this is some... You... Mm. you it's still very I mean, fantastic. It's good in its own way. You know, <laughs> it's, it's good, in a it's very good different for way. what it is. Yes. Yeah. So um, you may have heard of some, it is it is some good old-fashioned reality TV trash in mm -hmm. the best way. Mm -hmm. uh, too Hot to Handle on Netflix. Yes. Eight episodes on Netflix. Eight episodes on Netflix. Uh, we really only watched it because um, one of our housemates knows one of the guys on the show. Yes. We won't name him. I don't know. Do Should we, we name, name him? 
Uh, he knows Bryce. <laughs> he knows Bryce. Okay. He knows Bryce. Well, <laughs> one of our housemates, it's Blake, who has appeared at this point twice on the podcast already. He's going to be reading action lines for us this episode, too. Yes, so <laughs> Blake will have been on every episode, which is funny, because Blake was the most vehemently opposed He's about anti-podcast. doing a podcast. <laughs> well, he just, he just will not host a podcast. Yeah. Uh, he's he's okay with being featured on it. Though. Doing favors for us, Blake is Unlimited very kind. Of times. Yes, while we have access to <laughs> only the people we live with right now because yeah. of quarantine, he has been very nice. But yes, yes, getting back, too hot to handle. He knows Bryce, so he worked with Bryce for yes, a little bit. For a little bit. Yes. At the same and place. yes. So basically, what too hot to handle is is they they got a bunch of uh, like attractive single people from around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, it was well, mostly just, like, the U.S. and then, like... U.K. Yeah, U.K. and Australia. The extended U.K. Sure. <laughs> Similar accents. Yeah, exactly. Um, and they basically... I guess, like, they never explicitly told us what they told them going into this, but they yeah. basically thought that they were going to be on one of those reality shows where everyone just hooks up on an island. Yes. And it's shortly after they got there... Fornication. Okay. All you can think of. Okay. <laughs> uh, but shortly after they got there, they were told that... I think it was like 24 hours after they got there. Yeah. yeah. No, I think it was like 12. I think it was like 12. You're right. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like shortly after they got there, uh, they were basically informed by Lana, who was basically like... She's an AI. She's Yeah, she's basically like Alexa. Um, yeah, except meaner. Sure. Yeah, but she she basically tells them that, you know, the whole point of them being here is actually for them to um, have emotional growth because they're all just sex addicts and they mm-hmm. haven't had any meaningful relationships. And uh, to help spur that, they will not be able to, you know, uh, kiss at all, have any kind of, like, sexual contact with anyone. Pretty much anything beyond hugging yeah. and cuddling no is off No self-gratification. That Correct. is also off limits for the month that they're there. And um, to sort of motivate them to follow those rules, they were basically given a $100,000 pot of money that will be split between them at the end. And every well, time... Technically split between the winners. That's true. That's true. Split between the winners. And we don't really know what classifies a winner... Until yes, like end. we get to the end, because the question kind of is throughout the whole series is it's like who really gets the money? Yeah, do you it, do you win if you just avoid all physical contact at all costs? Do you like have to our build man a Kells? meaningful relationship? Our <laughs> yes. man Kells, Kells, he is the accountant. Money, he man. just yeah, he does not care about any of these people. He's like, I will not do anything to jeopardize my money. And then there are some people who put the money at risk all the time because. They don't need it because they're rich Instagram influencers. Yes. Francesca, i.e. Francesca, i.e. Oh, Harry. They the okay. Worst. Okay, there are a few things I do want to talk about really quickly. David's the best. We love David. We love David. David's he amazing. He is emotionally available. <laughs> one at one point. Okay, listen. David ripped Tom Holland. <laughs> yes. Okay, so David. Uh, he just. Oh my God, he's just so great. Like, at one point, he literally, you know, tells one of his friends, like, I'm going to step back from this girl that we're both into because I know that you really like her. Mm-hmm. Even though David was kind of there first. But, yes, he was. But, you know, it's just like, truly, he's definitely the most mature person there. It feel, it, it definitely feels like David, David has deserves the most maturity. Better. Well, I think Rhonda also shows Rhonda a lot of maturity. Rhonda also is very mature, for sure. Especially having a kid and, you know, yeah. really wanting to make sure that Sharon lives up to the standards that she knows her kid needs, yeah. which is very, very valid and very, very good thing. 100 P. So yes, wanted to talk about my boy, David. Um, Corey's the worst. 
I just want to say that. Awful. Corey comes in. I hate mm, this man. Wait. He doesn't come in until later. I won't say much about him. Yeah. He's uh, just the worst. You know just that know you know that they bring in ringers towards the middle. That's not like a spoiler or anything. But just you can't like him. So it's not like I'm spoiling anything. It's it's yeah. all laid there He's on the terrible. table. He's <laughs> He's the worst. I was, is there what I, what was I going to say? Cuz I had another point. Haley maybe? Were you going to talk Ooh, about Haley? Oh, yes. I was going to talk about Haley. This is a bit of a spoiler. So if you if you haven't seen it and want know, to skip see ahead it, a minute or so. <laughs> yeah, skip ahead like a minute and a half maybe cuz it might be a little bit of a discussion. Okay. Yeah. Haley. Obviously, if you've seen it, you know that Haley gets kicked off the island, one of three people to do it, including Corey, Worst, and Madison, who's whatever. Just, just whatever. There. Um, so, what was I saying? Who am I talking about? Haley. 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 <laughs> Haley gets a very bad rap, and really she should, because yeah, especially like <laughs> towards the end, I know you don't like Haley. I don't necessarily like Haley, but towards the end, she got a lot of flack because she... Wanted to have nothing to do with anyone She's else. She negative. hated anyone She's else. Like, Everyone's extremely stupid. negative. I hate them all. She Correct. also doesn't know where Australia is, which is fun. I would wager that fifty percent of the people there are not <laughs> good at geography. I'd wager hundred percent of Even them are good at geography. Even David, who we like, cannot spell excitement. Uh, he, that was emotional for him. Whatever. Okay. So Haley got a lot of flack, rightfully so, because she was very not into the whole process, which is why she was kicked off. I argue. This is my argument. Okay. That Haley is not as bad as she was portrayed. I think if Haley would have found love in the same way that Francesca found love, it would be a totally different story. I think that I if see Francesca, Francesca would have been into Haley, then Haley would have had a better time. Sure, I, I think so too. And that's the kind of, you know, Francesca found, found someone pretty immediately. Yeah. And even after finding someone, she wanted to ruin everyone else. She didn't care about the money, whatever. Haley's kind of similar in that she doesn't care about the money, she doesn't really care about anyone else, except for this one person who she couldn't have. That's true. Or, any, or she didn't find love anywhere else, either. Yeah. So I think at that point, when she knew she wasn't going to find love, if she didn't care about the money in the same way that Francesca didn't, she was just like, I'm just going to cause chaos and or not care. Well, she was just like, it's so funny, because we lost them all money, and like they had no idea it was us, but they totally knew. Well, it was yeah. Them. Yeah. But that doesn't make sense if you haven't seen it. <laughs> yeah. My case for Haley is that while, yes, she's not great, she. Uh, I argue Francesca may be just as bad. She just got a little bit luckier. I agree. I agree. No, Francesca's awful. And also, it would have been, I feel like, a lot more interesting to if they would have had um, more people explore, like, same sex relationships. Or people who are well, like, or people who are potentially interested in that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because no, that yeah. that adds like, first off, I it's feel like that's a producer's dynamic, dream. There's so many other people. That's that a producer's dream. Exactly. Yeah. If everyone on the show was bi, like, yeah, that'd be crazy. Yeah. I don't know. It was, um, and yeah, I feel like it's. I, I I see why she had to go off, because at that point she wasn't really contributing anything. Yeah. Well, yeah, and she was kind of just a a, a soul suck as they yeah, described her. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. I think that's all I have on Too Hot to Handle. Yeah. It was well, an emotional experience. This week, it was very good. Yes. It, mm, it was a well-done reality show. Yeah. I will say that. Yes, for sure. For sure. Um, but yeah, so this week we are going to be reading Dear Julius Caesar, I Like My Coffee mm-hmm. by Brennan Colucci. Lovely, lovely script. Yeah. I'm and we so have a great interview. We recorded the interview with Brennan before this, and it's a really great interview. Yeah. Um, very interesting guy. 
yeah. good friend of mine. So, so stay tuned. Stay tuned. We'll be back. We'll be back. I walk down my street at night. The city lights are cold and violent. I am comforted by the approaching sound of trucks and sirens. We're back reading Dear Julius Caesar, I Quite Like My Coffee Today by Brennan Colucci. Mm -hmm. Uh, I am Lauren, and I will be playing Emily. I am Jackson, and I will be playing various male roles. <laughs> and I am Blake. I'll be reading the action lines and set dressing. Blake, thank the MVP, back yeah. again. <laughs> thank you so much again, Blake. As you all know, we are in quarantine, and we have very limited resources, but <laughs> we have the blaze. We have the best with Blake Benson. We're we keeping have, it. We have the Blake. <laughs> we do have the Blake. Okay. Ooh, let's get let's get right into it. All mm -hmm. right. Present day, New York City. Exterior, cafe, day. Emily, 21 years old, adorning a blue coat, the shade of which draws the eyes of everyone she passes, walks out of an unassuming cafe with a cup of coffee in hand. She comes to a halt at an intersection and takes a sip of her coffee. She smiles. Dear Julius Caesar, I quite like my coffee today. The red hand turns to the green walking man symbol, you know what I'm talking about, and Emily continues on her path. As she walks, her voice continues. I'm sure you've had better, though, being from Rome and all. I read the French weren't very good at coffee until fairly recently. Is that true? Perhaps that's more of a question for Napoleon, though I'm sure he would say something along the lines that France was always great at everything. Emily passes one of those shops that claim they're the best in the city, the country, the world, the universe. I'd retort that no one is great at everything. Still, I do kind of wish I had that level of confidence. Exterior. City park. Continuous. Emily makes her way to a park. I feel like you and Napoleon would get along, actually. Though I have a terrible judgment of people sometimes. Emily sits on a bench with her coffee, observing the world. This passage to Caesar is shown being written in her notebook. She continues writing. Maybe you have some advice about that, or maybe how to make an impression so people don't have an incorrect judgment of me, or just advice on how to have a salad named after you, even if it's not technically named after you. But, like, it kind of is, since you're thought about every time someone orders it. Though if I had a salad, I wouldn't want it to just be some lettuce and some dressing. I think I would want shrimp in mine. Always with the tail off, though. I hate when chefs leave the tails on. Then I have to pull them apart and get saucy hands. So annoying, don't you agree? Emily pauses, looks at the time. She gets up from the bench and starts making her way to the nearest subway entrance. I have to go now, meeting a friend. Yes, just a friend, Caesar, who may be a boy, but don't think too much of it, please. I hope you're doing well. I can't wait to hear from you. Love, Emily. Emily descends the stairs into the subway. Interior, bath, night. Julius Caesar, nude beyond his signature laurel wreath atop his head, finishes reading Emily's letter in his bubble bath. He puts the letter to his side, takes a piece of parchment paper and an ink pen, and starts writing a response. To Emily. How long has it been? Did you win that soccer tournament? Is Lauren still the absolute worst? Caesar's response continues as he gets up from the bath and continues getting ready for bed. He does some shaving, brushes his teeth, puts on some drapes, etc. As for Napoleon, I am unfamiliar, but I'm sure we would get along. After all, his name is very cool. Not as cool as River Phoenix, but almost. 
And as for advice, um, just remember, experience is the teacher of all things. People will surprise you. Surprise them just the same. You have great potential, darling. Though if you ever come and try to conquer Europe, we might have problems. How about Europe's mine, America's yours, deal? And as for the salad thing, perhaps start wearing shrimp around your head. Caesar prepares some dinner. A shrimp stir-fry. He pulls the tails off. I think maybe that whole lettuce thing came from the laurel wreath I wear. People thought the leaves were lettuce or something. Don't ask me why. People can be dumb sometimes. I hope this boy isn't. Best. Jules. With a flick of the light, the scene fades out. Interior. History Museum. Day. Emily walks with Thomas, a.k.a. the boy, through the halls of the New York Natural History Museum. They come across a place to sit. The two, both nervous to be next to each other, make slight gestures demonstrating how nice it is to be together. A portrait of George Washington hangs in front of them. Interior. Subway station. Later. Emily and Thomas split at the subway station, leaving off with a mildly awkward hug goodbye. Interior. Subway. Later. Emily's squeeze between strangers begins writing in her notebook. Dear George Washington, Did anyone ever call you Georgie? I saw that movie It recently. The new one, not the one with the hotel guy from Home Alone 2. What's his name again? Actually, cross that. That's not what I wanted to ask. Exterior Brooklyn Bridge, night. Emily walks across the bridge among strangers. She's still stuck in thought. I wanted to ask you about that time you crossed the Delaware. Like, I guess it worked out, in the end, but... Would you have preferred a bridge to cross it? I'm not necessarily asking because I hate boat rides and can't understand anyone who wants to get splashed. Like, why do people voluntarily go sit in the splash zone at water shows? Do you feel the same? Are you a splash zone guy, George? I feel like you are, since you made a splash in U.S. politics and everything. Are all good things splash-related? I mean, there's you and that boat, and Tom Hanks in that movie with the mermaid. I'm probably getting off track. Emily crosses the bridge. Interior, bus, later. She climbs on board a bus and finds a seat or stands or whatever. Doesn't really matter. Look, George, I feel like I'm going to sink in that river or land in the wrong spot. How do you do it? How do you know it was time to cross? I wish there was some indication. Can I wait for him to cross it? I'm being dumb, aren't I? This is a dumb metaphor, analogy. I hope you're doing okay, George, and please respond soon. She gets to her stop and exits. Exterior, Delhi, day. George Washington, with his white hair and whatnot, sits at a window counter eating a bagel. He writes with his free hand. Dearest Emily, remember that time I told you it's better to offer no excuse than a bad one? Exterior, Delhi, continuous. George exits the deli, throws away some napkins in the nearest trash can on the street, and continues on. Believe me, I once forgot to wish Miss Washington happy birthday once, and I blamed it on the British. It didn't quite work. Exterior, High Line, day. George finds his way on the New York High Line. The boat may sink, but you're never going to know for sure if you didn't ride it. Would you believe I never rode a boat before crossing the Delaware? You probably won't, since it's not true, but I just thought it'll make you feel better. If I were to land in a different spot, I would have, of course, felt bad, but I have a feeling you're going to land just where you want to be. And if you suffer for it, remember... I suffered too in earlier battles. That's just the way it sometimes goes. But, let's be honest, it'll be rather dumb if this boy doesn't surrender. That's what's dumb. Not you. Best wishes, George. 
P.S. I believe you were thinking of Tim Curry. Exterior, Italian restaurant, night. Emily and Thomas exit an Italian restaurant. They're both bundled up in coats and sweaters and scarves. Snow has fallen and covers the edges of the sidewalk. Well, the thought hits both of them as both hesitate before parting. A car rolls and both of them look. One last smile. And then Thomas makes a move and Emily reciprocates. A kiss, taken as confirmation. Thomas hops in the car and Emily, ecstatic, starts walking down the block in the snow. As soon as she realizes the car is out of sight, the walk turns into a euphoric run. In a run past storefronts and street art, this may also include an ad for a film starring the actor Henry Cavill. Dear Henry Cavill, I might say I'm feeling rather super right now. How are you feeling? Hopefully super. Emily jumps down the stairs to the subway. Interior, subway, continuous. Still in her euphoria, Emily walks past a performer in the subway. She sways and dances along. I don't care what people say. I like those movies. You know, I had an actor question for you. I wanted to ask you, do you think Shakespeare ever thought about putting songs in his plays? Like, I know everyone called him a genius, but if he was so genius, why didn't he ever write a musical? Exterior, city street, later. Emily, back on the street, crosses a crosswalk. Also, I find it weird that you guys over in England call crosswalk zebra crossings. You have to admit it's a bit weird, right? I get it, though. They do look like stripes. Interior, apartment, later. Emily enters into her apartment building and ascends the stairs. I'm sorry for all these questions. My mind is racing right now. Do you think Superman feels extra super with Lois Lane? I can't catch a breath. Interior, apartment room, later. Emily is finishing writing this letter at her desk. I can't wait to tell you all about him soon, Henry. Only two more weeks until winter break, and I get to see you again. I'll bring photos. Emily collapses on her bed. Interior, mailroom, day. Emily opens her mailbox to find nothing there. She is struck with confusion. Montage. Emily checks her mailbox numerous times throughout the day to no avail. By the third time, Thomas joins her in her wait. They even order Chinese takeout. Eventually, she receives a call. Her phone screen reads, Mom. One look and one gulp to Thomas says everything about what she expects. She picks up the phone. One tear turns into many. Interior, train station, night. Thomas hugs Emily goodbye. Emily heads towards the train with a suitcase rolling behind her. Interior, train, night. Emily boards the train. She places the suitcase in the overhead carriage and takes a seat by the window. Exterior, cemetery, day. Emily, wearing black, attends a funeral service. Interior, kitchen, day. Emily hides away in the quiet kitchen, avoiding the large gathering that can be seen through the doorway. Emily's grandmother enters the kitchen. The two smile at each other in the sort of way that can personify the absurdity of what do we do now. But her grandmother has an answer, it seems, when she motions Emily to follow her. Interior, bedroom, day. Emily's grandmother leads Emily to the desk in the bedroom. On top of the desk, Emily sees a letter addressed to her. She turns to her grandmother, but she is already gone. Emily sits at the desk and begins to read the letter. Dear Emily, I'm glad to hear everything is working out. I knew it would. Pardon me for not playing along this time around. I did have my nurse explain to me who Henry Cavill was. I gotta admit, he's quite handsome. I'm not sure I'd be the right fit to play him anyway. Though I thought I pulled off Travolta so many years ago when you were taking those dance lessons. I want to let you know your letters have always meant the world to me. You've always made me feel like a kid with these, playing pretend. You've kept me sharp through the years. And, well, gosh, I hope you've got something out of this, too. There's no... 
best part for what comes next, but maybe I'll end up meeting all those men you wrote to and whatever happens, and maybe I'll get some real answers for you. Wouldn't that be something? But I do think you have a good gut and good heart, and you'll do well regardless. You're like your mother in that regard, which I know you don't want to hear. Emily, through her tears, cracks a smile. I love you, sweetie. Keep your grandmother busy, and if she finds another guy, make sure he's a good one. But not as good as me. I'm going to miss you. Love, Donald. Emily puts down the letter and closes her eyes and takes a deep breath. Interior, house, day. Emily returns down the stairs to find her mom amongst the party. The two embrace in a hug. Fade to black. Titles, weeks later. Exterior, park, day. Emily and Thomas sit next to each other at a park bench, both with coffee in hand, enjoying the view. Emily starts to try to feed the pigeons with crumbs of her pastry. Dear Papa, I quite like my coffee today. I wanted to ask, do you think pigeons have a favorite type of bread? They're not really taken to my croissant. Fade out. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Green Light. I am sitting here with Lauren. Hello. And on the phone, we have Brennan Colucci. How are you today, Brennan? Good. Good. Fantastic. Good. Fantastic, man. <laughs> um, Brennan and I went to school together at UNC, so that's how we know him. Um, a good friend. But let's, uh, how about you introduce yourself to everyone, sort of what you're about. Uh, just a quick little intro, if you don't mind. <laughs> um, <laughs> a big okay. question i know it's tough we're starting off tough yeah um yeah so my name's brennan uh like jackson said he's not lying that is my real name <laughs> i'm not a liar um, folks <laughs> <laughs> can vouch for that um yeah i graduated uh same year last year um and then i did some traveling after that trying to you know find work and uh kind of taken the route of going through the music industry a little bit, but writing on the side still. Um, oh. Studied screenwriting in college, so definitely a passion and something I try to keep doing when I have the time. Awesome. Um, yeah, that's great, man. I guess, yeah, I guess I <laughs> yeah. what are you? What are you doing in the music industry exactly? I don't know if we've actually talked about that. Um, sure. So I, I'm actually finishing up an internship with... Uh, a music agency, like a small kind of, not small, but independent touring agency. Um, so I've been doing that for the past couple months. Awesome. Cool. That sounds super cool, man. Uh, so we we noticed when we were reading the play, or not this play, oh my gosh, I keep doing that. <laughs> she does that Sorry, a lot. She I do that a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but we noticed a lot in the script that um, there's a lot of informality, you know, just in the action lines where you sort of talk to the audience. Um you know, there's there was a part where it said uh, she climbs on board a bus and finds a seat or stands or whatever. It doesn't really matter. Um, so is, is that something that you, I guess, carry across into all your scripts? What sort of effect do you hope that that has on your audience? Uh, so you're asking about kind of like, I guess, the inserts and like uh, 
I guess the action lines. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. there, there was that yeah. one. Um, I noticed the the uh, another one that was like you say like you know what I'm talking about in in uh, addressing something. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, sort of like the dre- direct addresses to the audience and stuff like that. Yeah, I do. I do do that quite a bit. I think it's kind of for me to like crack myself up a little bit. <laughs> um, but like hopefully, uh, like I guess crack the reader it's like themselves so i'm also like i'm i know i'm not that descriptive like i'm not a prose writer i don't think i am mm-hmm. so sure. <laughs> i try to do the other route where i'm like if i can make the action like comedic that will make it like entertaining for sure yeah. reading it. no yeah i love that when reading scripts yeah <laughs> i do I, I love when like the writer talks directly to me i don't know it, it's uh like you said it's funny a lot of the time especially when it's done well and i think in here it is done well um so yeah i just i love that little addition for sure and i feel like if i was going to you know go about producing the script it would definitely inspire me to you know i, I guess it would just really inspire the fun attitude of the script yeah and I think I, I, one of the ones you brought up, like, whatever, it doesn't matter. It's just me giving up on <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, yeah, sure. yeah uh, whatever. A little, little was in- like, I was like... Oh, just a little inside the writer's mind there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like, I think I wanted to, like, go ahead into, like, the dialogue. And I was like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just get into this. Yeah. No, that's great. That's great. So, so here we have, we have Julius Caesar. We have George Washington. We have Henry Cavill. What? What? Where did those three men? How did? How did you come come up with those three? Is there a particular reason you have those three, or what? Um, do you have crushes on all three? Because I think I uh, kind of do. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Well, I I don't know. I to be honest, I think like the Julius Caesar thing was the first one. Like it was the, like the, it was one of those cases where the title like almost came first. I think it was in a cafe, and I was trying to figure out something, and I was like. What if it was like a girl writing a letter, like Dear Julius Caesar, mm. the whatever it is, um, and uh, I like my coffee today, and I kind of went with that. And I was just like, you know, I think a lot of the um, parts of this is like it's rambling, and what I was kind of just doing that myself, mm, and then sure. I messed that into um, the first, I guess, letter, and then I backtracked, and I thought, you know how can I make this something or, you know, work with it? Um, and then I guess the George Washington, I, I came next. I think I was just trying to think of another historical figure and <laughs> he's the, the guy that came to mind. I yeah. feel like when um, I think what's a historical figure, George Washington is the first person yeah, I think. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I think it was the next step for me. And then I think I knew that the third one I wanted to be, Somewhat like a celebrity, like a modern celebrity, sure. But someone that like I can throw out and was record, like had some significance that was broader than you know a random celebrity. Like I was sure. like, like if this can reach a more general audience, like I'm not going to throw some you know more niche actor. I mm-hmm. think picking the guy who played Superman worked. And I, and then when I was writing the dialogue, I was like, in the moment where she's like feeling super, I was like, oh this. No, that's great. And I I thought it was interesting. I didn't even think about the fact that he played Superman, even though obviously you reference it. But I was thinking like, okay, the first two uh, with Julius Caesar and George Washington, while hunks in their own right, um, (laughs) sort of more almost these like 
these father type figures or like grandfather as we come to find out. Someone you'd envision asking for advice. Yeah. yeah. And then the third one, it's like she's in love, she's ecstatic, she's feeling super. Throw someone who's objectively hot in Henry True. Cavill sort of to to right. mirror yeah. the way she feels. You know, that's that's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of piggybacking off of that, did you envision um the same actor playing all three of them or someone different playing each one? Oh man. Well, honestly, when I was writing this script, it was like I was writing it with like in mind of like, could I film this in New York? Like I was in New York when I was writing this like for the month and I was like, I don't know anyone. I have three friends here. They're not actors. (laughs) Like I don't have any audio equipment. (laughs) Like I'm like, how how can I do it? So like I had two kind of ideas in mind was like I could maybe, you know, it's like this new wavy like French new wavy thing where it's just very frenetic and it's, I guess the same actor it was just wearing a wig like oh. or three different wigs and it's like shot by the side or something it's like very bizarre and, hmm. uh, or you know I was thinking of it as like an animated thing which is kind of like what I think was the original idea idea but I can't animate mm. <laughs> like, sure. I don't know you know, but, I honestly, um, uh, yeah. I was telling Jackson this when I first read it. I definitely envisioned, like, you know, when it cuts to Caesar uh, answering her letter, it just kind of pans up to a little Caesar sign, and then the guy starts talking. <laughs> <laughs> she, she was envisioning the little Caesar's mascot as yeah. Julius Caesar, to clarify. I, I like that interpretation. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, if, if, if you're listening to this and want to produce this script... You gotta have Little Caesars in and it. And you got a good brand partnership right there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Maybe it's their next commercial in general. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. A very long-form commercial. That'd be perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um, speak, sort of going off of the like this actually being produced, um, so obviously sort of the way that you have um, Caesar and George Washington talk, it's, it is very, like, modern. Do you imagine, obviously you said, like, the different wigs and everything, but do you imagine them in, like, modern-day clothing? Obviously, Caesar's sort of getting ready for bed, wearing nothing but a laurel wreath, which, perfect. <laughs> um, but then George Washington, like, is, is he in, like, his pantaloons, or, like, is he wearing, like, diesel jeans? Like, what, what, are, we, what are we thinking here? I think I was thinking they were wearing, you know, old-timey clothes. Or at least like the or like the wigs were at, at least like there. I think that that's great. I also love yeah. the idea of George Washington in his powder wig while also wearing like jeans and like a I don't know like a t-shirt something like that. Yeah, <laughs> kind, of, kind of that contrast. But no, yeah, that's that's great. Uh, something I I noticed that I really liked was that all of your characters have these very specific quirks. And, you know, even without a lot of exposition, they definitely felt very fleshed out. So, like, there was the thing about um, Emily hating when, you know, she gets a salad and it still has the tails on the shrimp and stuff like that. So, um, we were wondering, are you more of, like, uh, you develop the character first or do you develop the overall plot first? Um, I guess the character. (laughs) Like, the whole, like, I think it's kind of always, I mean, I think it's always the case where it comes from the writer in some sense so I think it's quirks or things I find like mm-hmm. yeah. that are true about me or other people I know and I like write off of that um but I think it's I think usually it's character okay. <laughs> yeah that with some hesitation but like <laughs> sure I think, <laughs> I think it's I think that it, usually it's like I think I think of 
scenes or I think of dialogue and I usually write outside of that and then I develop from there. Mm, gotcha. I think in like, you know, I, I've read this one and, you know, um, I've seen a couple of your things produced. Been in right. one, actually. Hey. Fun fact. Um, <laughs> he was. He, I think you read this whole letter and we only used like a bit of the dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> Which Did... I was a little upset about because I wrote this whole letter. I was like, this is some great jokes. And then we used one. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well, it's funny, too, because that was actually I think that was before I even met you. That I was I yeah, I, I no, did the yeah. voiceover with um, Jacob Suggs and then just after that yeah I, I don't think I met you until later which is super funny. I was I was a very bad director where I was like <laughs> Jacob was like we have this guy he's going to do some voiceover you want to come to the booth and I'm like I have like physics homework <laughs> or something and I was and I like dodged it. No, yeah. I, I regret it. I regret it. <laughs> no, for sure. No, but that yeah, it was it's so interesting that that I met you. Yeah. I I was in one of your things before I even met you. But yeah. 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 I kind of mentioned, you know, the the shrimp tail on the salad thing. And I just have to ask, if you had a salad named after you, what would be on it? The Kaluchi. Oh man. I feel like it has to be some like Italian. <laughs> <laughs> With your name, it would have yeah. yeah. not like, to be. I, I I don't wanna like fake people out. <laughs> but you're like yeah. I'm gonna order the Kaluchi and then there's like no mozzarella on this. Yeah. Like, what is this? <laughs> the Kaluchi is at least fifty like, percent mozzarella. <laughs> So I think it's probably it's probably like some boring like tomato mozzarella thing. Sure. <laughs> and then sure. like spice that up with some ob- obscure sauce that like doesn't go. really make sense, but maybe it works. I don't know. <laughs> Alfredo sauce. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of Alfredo sauce. <laughs> Just to clarify that we have on record, the Kaluchi would be <laughs> tomatoes, mozzarella, and Alfredo sauce. That's it. That's that's what we got. <laughs> yeah all right perfect um transitioning a little bit to like sort of half script questions half like you questions um so emily asked henry cavill about shakespeare and music and why didn't shakespeare write a musical um i'm gonna ask you a similar question i'm emily and you're henry cavill in this scenario so good for you um but um so obviously you you do a lot of music you listen to a lot of music um you're working in the music industry right now and um from being friends with you on facebook obviously every year you put up a list of of albums that that you recommend and half of them i haven't even heard of so obviously you're very you know very in touch with the music scene um do you envision using music in your scripts in like um in different ways or different creative ways or is that something you sort of don't think about you sort of separate the two? Oh man no i definitely think about it i think you know i think when listening to certain pieces of music, it's always kind of cinematic in some way. Like the, some of the best music cinematic and I see a scene and I'm like, okay, you know, um, maybe I can use that. But like, I don't, I feel like I'm, I would be hesitant for using a lot of music and stuff. Like if I had the choice, like mm-hmm. of, you know, because then it's the best movies. You don't like, it's not, I don't, <laughs> I'm trying to like frame this in a, no, for sure. I feel like some of the best music, it's more about, like, the actual, like, to score. And, like, there's one or two scenes that has, like, you know, some, you know, pop music involved. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of how I, I, I approach some of what I'm writing at least now, where I'm like, 
okay, like I want this one scene with this one song, and that would be the one song people know from the movie or something. Oh. Of, I guess a, a like like a Baby Driver or you know yeah. or Pulp Fiction, which you know I love. Like those movies are great, and like their soundtracks are you know great. But I think something that's more subtle and I don't know bigger in that moment is I guess something I I would probably want to achieve or something I don't know yeah um, but that's really cool kind of a ramble but maybe that makes sense in some way it does yeah. make sense Brennan it makes perfect sense <laughs> <laughs> um okay so I'm gonna ask you to tell me two movies one movie you're gonna sort of be a part of our our segment our detour of the week one movie that you've watched recently that you enjoy and would recommend to people and I also want you to tell me a trash garbage movie that you absolutely love. I want you to embarrass yourself on this podcast, Brennan Colucci. Um, but but yeah. first, so a recommendation and then um, um, a uh, guilty pleasure. Okay, so one I just watched. Um, okay, so I watched this movie. Um, I, I did pull up my letterbox, I will admit, like, <laughs> trying to uh, remind myself of what I watched. Yeah, I watched a movie called Ball of Fire, Ball of Fire um, last week. It was like a 1940s like screwball comedy, hmm. and I think it was written by Billy Wilder and okay. directed by Howard Hawks. Hopefully I didn't mess that up. Um, but I thought the premise was so genius, and it was like I was like, I'm mad that this was done. <laughs> um, it was like a, it's like, like I'm like I'm mad that I couldn't come up with this. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, but it was like it was about this like group of like people working on an encyclopedia, and the basic setup to the joke is like they're working on this encyclopedia for like years, and some guy off the street comes in and starts saying all this slang, and they're like, "What is this?" <laughs> and that basically sets the guy up to like go investigate the actual like slang words of the time and then he meets someone he falls in love with and then it becomes this like love triangle crime comedy film hmm. it's great um so i'd recommend that sounds um, bonkers it, but in a good way yeah 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 it's pretty good um and then uh i think i guess trash film the one that came immediately to mind is, have you seen, I, I don't think it's 101 Dalmatians. I think it's 102 Dalmatians. <laughs> whatever, the li- whatever the live action sequel is. The live oh, action the sequel. the live action one. So, yes. But the live action yeah. sequel, yes, not the original right. live action. Yeah, the so live action 101 Dalmatians, the second one. Yes. That's perfect. Um, that's perfect. That I'd argue that's too good I, of a movie, almost. But no, I, I, I hear you. That's great. I rewatched that movie with some friends when I was out in LA um, last year when I went to see you guys, and mm. it like it's it's not a good movie, but surprisingly, like the costume design and production design, I was like, this is actually solid. Oh, that's yeah. great. Um, and I think Glenn Close puts on a like a phenomenal performance as Corella de Bell. Mm-hmm. Um, so, <laughs> of course. It's just—it's really over the top and campy, and I—I I, I love it. Um, no, yeah, that's awesome. So we—we <laughs> we did a little research. These are gonna be some quicker questions, easier questions, some fun questions. Um, but in knowing you and in doing a little research on Facebook, um, we're gonna ask you a few quick ones. Um, so you were a DJ in college. Um, t- tell us just a little bit about that, and if you have any crazy DJ stories. Also, did you enjoy it? <laughs> yeah, I love. 
um, college radio was, you know, beyond, I think, as, um, Carolina Film Association was probably one of my favorite things I did in college. Hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I loved it. Um, so late hours, um, you know, just the kindest people, like it's a lot of wild people, but like hmm. they're all lovely and, um, amazing. Um, I was on the management team senior year, so like I was able to kind of meet a lot of the, you know, DJ body, which is awesome. Um, crazy stories. Well, I always bring up this time where I was my set the first year. They kind of haze you, so you have to do like a midnight set first mm. go around. So oh, yeah, I did a midnight to three a.m. set. Wow. Um, my first time, and. There was one night where it was like 3 a.m. and someone called in and requested Queen Sat Bottom Girls. <laughs> at like I was leaving. It was 2:59 a.m. and someone someone called in and was like requested that song. And we don't. I didn't get requests that often, so I was like, "All right, <laughs> um, <laughs> gotta do I this one." <laughs> like I, I, he had to have such, such a night to like be like, "I'm going to call WXYZ and request this song." At, at 2:59 um, a.m. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh that comes up in mind i think as a i guess okay. somewhat wild tale of college radio yeah you gotta fulfill your dj duty at that point definitely yeah uh we were also wondering why is there a baguette in your profile picture the theme of a baguette in your profile pictures <laughs> yes <laughs> oh man i thought you'd never ask <laughs> <laughs> we saved the best for near last <laughs> um Honestly, I couldn't. <laughs> I think it was was the first one. I think the first one was at the table um, where I was I, I was eating dinner at a French restaurant, like the Disney Paris or the Disney World Paris restaurant. Oh, okay. okay. I think I just I I'm terrible at taking photos, so I think I instinctively always try to grab something or like just do something else mm-hmm. um, or fidget, and so I was playing with my food which I guess you're not supposed to, but in that case, I was playing with my baguette. Yeah, we'll let it slide. And, uh, we won't tell anyone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think that came to the origin of it. And then I think I had that profile for profile picks for at least like six months. And I was like, <laughs> I need to change this. Yeah. And I was like, today's the day. And I think it was around the Carborough Music Festival or something. And we were near Weaver Street. And I was like, I got just the pick. I'm going to go over and grab a baguette. No, we were just going to eat baguettes anyway. And then I was holding it, and I was like, this makes great photos. This is perfect. And so I think I just I think I think just <laughs> took the photo then and was like, all right, I'm updating it. That's great. Uh, <laughs> keeping a trend. I need um, to change my profile picture, but I need a baguette in it no matter what. <laughs> yeah. So I'm a little mad I didn't wasn't able to continue with that. Sure. Sure. Maybe, well, you can always start again. Go around. I'll have a comeback. There I've you go. That, I've had that Coachella pick for like a year. Yeah, so. it's what the people want. It's time. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Don't be mean, like Just a, make it be like your quarantine friend. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think that's all we have. Do you have any other questions, Lauren? I don't think so. Well, thank you so much for coming okay. on, man. This was yeah. great. Um, do you have cool. anything that you would like to plug? Anything you're working on right now, or anything like that? Oh man. I don't want to plug because then I feel like I'll be accountable for some things, but <laughs> I finished a draft of, like, this pilot script I guess I'm working on, so I have, like, a draft of that going. Congrats, so, man. That's awesome. Nice. I don't want to tell people to look out for that. Cause, <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> but, uh, 
yeah, I don't know. I think just, you know, I guess I'll shout out the, you know, medical workers and those those people. Absolutely. Nice. Absolutely. Great stuff. Use your yeah. platform. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and shout out to you guys. You guys are awesome. Oh, a joy. Brennan. <laughs> My goodness, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> well, let's catch up. Let's catch up separately soon. Like I want to know what's happening with you. Absolutely, all of your lives. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, man. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, uh, if right. you are interested in potentially producing, uh, dear Julius Caesar, I like my coffee today. Um, we will put uh, an email address for Brennan in the description. If you feel like contacting him about that, or just want to maybe read some of his other work, if he is okay with sending it to you, then uh, <laughs> feel free to do that. <laughs> All right. Thanks for coming on again, man. We appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, sounds good. All right. Sid Vicious played a four-string Fender bass guitar and couldn't sing, and everybody hated him except the ones who loved him. Hey, everybody. One more thing before we go. We'd just like to thank our guest one last time, and also a huge thank you to Amanda Palmer, She has all the music in these first couple of episodes because she makes her music free for anyone to use and what they want, which is such a beautiful thing for an artist to do, to gift her art to everyone so that they can then use it themselves. So thank you so much to Amanda Palmer for that. However, if you would like to hear your music on this podcast in the same way that you heard Amanda Palmer's, or if you have a script, a play, a movie, whatever, um, please submit it to tglsubmit at gmail.com. That is tglsubmit at gmail.com. Right now, we're looking for scripts between anywhere between like 5 and 15 pages, roughly. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you have something else, send it over and we can see what we, we can do with it. Yeah, hopefully eventually we'll get to do some bonus episodes that are maybe a little bit longer scripts. But for right yeah. now, we're looking for... Pretty short scripts, mm-hmm. since we talk a lot. Yes, correct. <laughs> uh, and also, if you want to follow us on social media, uh, we do have a Twitter and Instagram for the pod. It is at TGL underscore pod, P-O-D, mm-hmm. on both uh, Instagram and Twitter. So that's TGL underscore pod. Facebook page pending, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see. And then if you want to follow me, I am at Hunkleberry on both Twitter and Instagram. It's uh, H-U-N-K-E-L-E-B-E-R-R-Y on both sites. Uh, Jackson, where can they follow you? I am J underscore Woodward. That is W-O-O-D-W-A-R-D underscore C. One more time. <laughs> That's J underscore Woodward underscore C on those socials as well. It's a family well. name. Yeah, it is. I'm proud of it. But I you wear know that what? name on my chest. If you don't feel like spelling either of those, you can also just look in the description. We'll put it there too. Correct. Yes. Alrighty. Thanks well, so much. thank you so much. We will see you next week yes. on The Green Light. Someone to build a standard pipe bomb. You do the math. So play your favorite cover song.